What is up? What is up? Uh, welcome to everybody who's tuned in right now. This is Unscripted, and I'm your host, Matt Perry, aka Cut Corners. Not many people call me by my government name, fortunately, um, <laughs> but that is me. And today, uh, we have a very special guest all the way from London, UK. Uh, we have Complexion, and uh, Complexion, he hosts the, you may know him, um, for, if you've ever tuned into the Future Beats radio show, uh, which has been going on for many years now. And for me, it's been a go-to source of inspiration. I've found so many great songs, uh, so many great artists, and I've always found the mixing to be really inspiring too. So Complexion is not only a great DJ, he's also one of the nicest people in the game. And he's always digging up the coolest new music and remixes. So uh, I'm really, really pleased to have him on the show today um, to kind of introduce him to if you haven't met him and to have a chat with, uh, for those of you who do know him, a little bit more in depth. So um, without further ado, let me introduce our friend Complexion. What is up? complexion matt how are we doing man um it's weird because you said no one likes to call you matt i'm gonna have to call you matt now i'm gonna have to although <laughs> cut corners is a great dj name by the way oh thank you very much complexion is also a fantastic dj name <laughs> it doesn't mean anything though that's the problem with it you know for me when i first picked that name it just sounded like an r&b dj name it does which is why i went with it yeah that, that's because at the time i'm sure we'll talk about this but everyone around me was a garage dj in ah. the uk and I was one of the few R&B DJs and hip hop DJs. So I thought I need a name that sounds R&B. No doubt. And I... Complexion is. There's, there's no secret meaning. There's nothing behind it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it, man. Um, and to be perfectly honest, uh, Cut Corners really has no meaning to it either. I think <laughs> you could go on, on a bit of a tangent about DJ names and how kind of <laughs> they often mean the complete opposite of what they even are meant for, right? Yeah, yeah. So like one of my friends, his, um, his DJ name is DJ Cable. And I always just assumed it was from X-Men. But the more I think about it, it actually is like a DJ cable, as in a, a, a wire cable kind of thing. Like, and there's me thinking, oh, it's something to do with the X-Men. It's probably something really silly. Like, yo, pass me that DJ cable or something, you know. Um, but yeah. Hey, um, quick shout out. We've got that girl, Aris, who's um, an incredible mod. Uh, for She's the best. The Future Beat Show and uh, my channel too, actually. So. Oh, yeah. Eris is, without a doubt, one of the best mods on Twitch. And that's not throwing shade at anyone else, but she's just incredible. So, Eris, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm glad that you're appreciated, not just on the Future Beat Show channel. Indeed. Yeah, big shout out. It's a really uh, such a gift to the, the Twitch community, uh, the mod community. And uh, yeah, that go, Eris. Yeah, you, you nail it every time. You're so giving with your time. And thank you so much. Um, so, yeah. Big up, that girl, Aris, everyone else who's tuned in right now. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Complexion. Um, first thing I wanted to ask you about and give you massive congrats on is actually your your new show on BBC Radio 1 Extra. Uh, yes, thank you so much. The show is called... Future Wave. Yeah, nice. And um, so tell, tell me, how does it feel to have a show on the BBC? This is such oh, a man. big institution, right? Yeah, so for me, it's genuinely been one of my life goals to have a show on the BBC. Um, without a doubt. I mean, since I was growing up, I used to watch the BBC um, Saturday mornings, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. I'd always watch the shows. And as you grow up, it's just something that's an institution and not just in the UK, but also around the world. So to be able to finally work with them has been amazing because um, I'm sure if you've heard any other podcasts or if you've even spoken to me, a lot of the times people say to me, why isn't the Future Beat show on a bigger platform? Like, why is it not on a bigger radio station? And um Believe me, I tried, you know, I legit went to so many radio shows, so many stations, approached them and I got turned down by every single one. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm just supposed to do things independently. And that's totally fine because I feel like you can achieve a lot more independently. 
Um, and then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, I get a, uh, a DM randomly uh, from someone. Uh, no, actually, someone followed me. Uh, a guy called Farron McKenzie followed me on Instagram. And I was like, who is this guy following me? And I saw he was verified. So I thought, okay, maybe he's some music guy or something. And then um, I, I think I went on Twitter and he followed me on Twitter. And then I saw in his bio, BBC One Extra. I was like, oh, okay, what's this all about? And then he messages me saying, hey, man, big fan of the show. Uh, let's talk about getting you on the platform. But I'm about to go on holiday, so I'll speak to you when I get back. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be the <laughs> longest kind of you know, two, three weeks of my life. Um, so, yeah, that's how it kind of all came about. So Farron has been a fan of the Future Beat show. And I think now that he's taking over One Extra, he wanted to, um, yeah, just bring a, a snippet of TFBS onto the platform so it's not necessarily the future beat show it's something a little bit different but um to be honest i i can assure you it's been one of my lifelong dreams to do something on the bbc and when i get the bbc paycheck it makes me smile every single time just to see you know uh that on the direct deposit it's amazing yeah that's incredible i mean yeah the bbc is really the broadcast standard for i mean since the longest time it's been like oh, the yeah yeah no without that i mean giles peterson benji b um you know, Tim Westwood, all these people have been on there. So many more, you know, Annie Nightingale, Annie Mack, you know, all these incredible presenters and uh, people who discover the most amazing music. So I am no way near on that level just yet, but here's hoping who knows what's going to happen. But however long I work with these guys, um, it's been truly, it's amazing to tick off a life goal. Um, you know, it, it's just an incredible feeling. That's so awesome. I mean, yeah, I think <clears> about how many amazing mixes. Essential Mix was on BBC too, right? And yeah, think about yeah, like, course. oh man, just the incredible history of that station. And also, oh, uh, yeah. is is the BBC, a, is that a British broadcast corporation? Is it owned yes. publicly or how how does that work? Yes, it, it's publicly owned. Yeah, this is, and, and this is again, one of the reasons why I couldn't bring TFBS onto there because it's effectively a private company so to speak ah. you know so i couldn't necessarily bring that across but um yeah so it's publicly funded um in the uk we have this thing called a tv license uh which we have to pay every month and that funds the bbc wow. basically that that must give you a lot of fe- you know freedom though to to you know to play music without the the pressures of a normal commercial station right so here's the thing matt right <laughs> um <laughs> when i do the future beat show it's i i love doing it but the thing is i have to be very careful because soundcloud has pretty strict copyright rules they're, they're a little bit more relaxed now so th- please if you're listening to this don't just go and play whatever you want don't do that because you might get in trouble but they're definitely more relaxed than they were before but you have to be very careful so i am restricted with what i can play on my show um for soundcloud with the bbc i can play whatever i want and you would think that would make things easier but it doesn't because effectively my music now has increased a thousand fold so it's really difficult to think, to pinpoint, right, I want to play this on this week's show. Whereas with SoundCloud, I'm limited to what I find on SoundCloud, you know, for my uploads on there. Totally. So, I mean, this is something that I've, I've, I really, I'm curious to know. And I think a lot of people, especially DJs that are, you know, getting started or actually any point in their career, um, but deciding on an aesthetic, figuring out like, you know, what the Future Beats show is. I mean, you've mentioned you started out as an as a, as a R&B DJ because all your friends were UK garage DJs. Yeah. But how did you like articulate kind of this aesthetic that has, has become the future beat show? Like, how did you come to that uh, on your, on at, at some point? 
Um, so if you aren't familiar with the T with TFBS, the Future Beat Show, a lot of the aesthetic is space related. You know, it's space. It's very much like uh, 80s kind of Tron retro wave, whatever you want to call it, mixed in with a uh, 60s kind of futurism, I guess. Um, it's all things I've been a fan of for a very long time. And uh, for me, doing the radio show and giving it this space kind of feel is a great way to describe it to people because I genuinely tell them, it's music that you would listen to in space. If you can imagine the soundtrack for that, that's effectively the show. Um, and I love space. Like legitimately, I have a fascination with what's up there and what's not up there. And it's a great way for me to talk about things that I really like. Um, and, and to be honest, that's it. That's all it was. I just, I'm so fascinated with space. And for me, this is the kind of music that I would listen to when I'm stargazing or when I'm going on long drives at night and the stars are out. Um, and as a little side hobby, I love to rescore movies. I've actually rescored Terminator 2, Robocop, 2001. Um, and uh, I use music that I find on SoundCloud and other things to rescore things. Um, and it fits in perfectly with that kind of uh, feel, I guess. Wow. So, so, so how do you, can you walk, can you tell, elaborate on that a bit? Cause I'm, I'm curious to know, like you get, <laughs> do you, do you get music from SoundCloud or do you create the music? How, how does that work? Oh no. So I get music from SoundCloud. I create some music. I'm not really a producer by any means. Um, I have dabbled in music, but I much rather leave that to the people that know what they're doing. Um, and I will do basic things like extending things or redrumming or sometimes removing drums. Um, and yeah, and just apply it to certain scenes in movies um, and just make it work if I can. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, Terminator 2 is a classic. <laughs> oh, of course, man. Come on. You know, like there's so many opportunities to, to you know, rescore that. Some amazing things you can do with that. Absolutely love it. Uh, is it Terminator? Which is, a fa which is your favorite of the Terminators? Um, oh, two, without a doubt. Right? Okay, because, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, because one was amazing, but I was too young to fully appreciate uh the movie so i was just scared of arnie and this giant you know this robot chasing you with two um i was a bit older so i kind of understood the the nuance behind the film and uh yeah it definitely got me scared of ai and everything else i remember thinking damn in 1997 like was it 97 when the supposed judgment day was yeah it was right something like that i think yeah. it was august something and i was like oh man if that day comes like this is gonna be like what if it actually happens um no but two is incredible and unfortunately it went downhill after two <laughs> I saw one of the yeah. more recent ones and I was, I was, I was into it, but yeah, T T Terminator 2 is a very hard one to beat, right? You got, Oh, completely. But I think, um, with, with, uh, James Cameron, uh, one thing he does great is even when you look at alien and aliens, it's such a good sequel. Mm -hmm. And I think with one and two with Terminator, it's the same thing. It's so incredible. Um, how it's done. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I thought, uh, Terminator 2, especially with the way that they had, uh, Rob, Robert, What's his name? The Robert Patrick. Robert, there you go. T one thousand. Um, the way he melted Amazing. and all that. It was insane the way they did that. In incredible at the time, and the whole scene when um, he's chasing uh John Corner on uh in the uh, kind of the waterway I think it is in the yeah. truck, and the reload that Arnie does with the shotgun. Amazing, incredible. Just, you, yeah, amazing. Have you been to L A? I haven't. So this is the weird thing. If you look at my SoundCloud stats, I'm not even exaggerating. 70% of my listeners are from the West Coast and LA, basically. Oh, man. Um, you got to come. I, so I, I could just rock out there and probably do a gig by myself and it'd be fine. Um, I've never been able to get there because when I was last touring the US, I think I got to as far as San Francisco. And then unfortunately, my bookers in the UK were like, you better hurry up and come home because we've got bookings. And if you don't take these bookings, we're going to have to find someone else. Because I, I think at the time I was tour, it had been like six to seven weeks of touring. So it, was, it wasn't it was a short time. It was a long time. 
Oh, you gotta come to LA, man. We gotta go. To, I'll I'll happily take you into the <laughs> the LA River. Oh, I'd love to. No, hundred percent. I'm super down to do that. So, in fact, um, before COVID hit, um, well, actually, before it started getting very serious, uh, I had just locked down an Asia tour. So imagine I was supposed to do Tokyo, Osaka, Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore. I think in one other place, and then uh, my friend in Tokyo was like, "Yo, this." this thing is getting kind of serious. Are you sure you want to come out here and get stuck? And I was like, you know, I, I much rather delay this and be cool than get out there and get stuck, you know? So that got canceled. And we had another US tour planned, but this one, we were actually going to start in LA and work my way back towards New York. That unfortunately didn't happen. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to happen for sure. I just don't know when, but I'm coming to LA without a doubt. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely link up when you do. Um, oh, also, um, I, I, I noticed that there is a aesthetic that you kind of, hit on that is also very um you know anime or not really anime but you know like that yeah the future of you know like a lot of uh, futuristic kind of japanese animation it has touches on this as well with the space stuff. sure does that in- inspire you as well oh anything that i think uh i guess you could say that i'm a futurist like i mm-hmm. love like one of the things that really makes me sad is i'm not going to be around in the next hundred years to see where tech's gone like that that excites me so much to see what we're going to have and it's just imagination right so anything that can help me think of that or kind of i guess uh imagine what it will be like i'm a fan of so whether that's anime stuff or anything else you know like it's amazing imagine where imagine where djing is going to go in the next 50 years i mean matt think about how much has come in the last 20 years absolutely so just imagine and that really like it genuinely makes me sad that i'm not going to be here to see that so um taking that concept um are you familiar with uh ray kurtzwheel and his uh future his futurist th- theories no I, I don't think i am unless maybe i don't know the name to the theory maybe okay i'll, I'll just quickly touch on it but Please basically do. yeah ray, ray kurtzwheel is the guy who made the the kurtzwheel synthesizers which okay. stevie wonder used and uh he is a very he's very much about it about the future as well he's um basically predicted uh, a turning point this is very t2 chat so this okay. is kind of cool okay. but he's predicted there's a a, a turning point or um uh, an event uh, where human uh, the brain will be able to be uploaded yeah so I, i've so I'm, I'm a diehard comic book fan and everything else as well right so in the marvel uh, world at the moment the x-men have figured out a way to effectively be immortal by uploading their consciousness into new yes. bodies but the argument is, is that, is that actually you? Because it's a copy of your mind. It's not actually this, right? So, well, singularity, yeah, as Keon has said in the chat. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, and that's the thing that I always have deep conversations with myself about is, yes, it's a copy of me, but is it actually me? It's not. But then, I don't know. You know, anyway, I know this is way too deep for a Serato conversation. No, so no. I'm so, we're going I'm there. So we're going there. I'm to talk about music. <laughs> no, we're, I think Matt, we, should, we should stick I'm on this for a minute. i to talk about this stuff. Um, just, just real quick, um, because this technological singularity is the, that's. Yeah. Uh, thank you for Keon for saying that. He, he he predicts that AI will basically outsmart humanity. Um, oh no doubt. <laughs> so no doubt, no doubt. It, it seems a bit. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite you know scary, right? So we're talking about yeah. 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 No, completely. It, it is, and I mean, at the moment, I'm sure you've probably seen uh, experiments where they feed AI. Um, like words and they'll make them make a script up 
or like a song or lyrics and some of it's actually pretty good <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like well that's going to take away everything that we do but i don't ever believe that um ai say art music or films will ever take over human because there's a certain kind of soul when we make things you know however i'm totally here for it it's, um, it's amazing to see what's going to happen uh, yeah totally um it, and that's funny you say that i think a lot about how um music is is a, is a relative expression and you kind of have to be a human to understand it uh, which i think sure. is kind of quite beautiful and it's yeah there we go k savage says soul really yeah uh, that's a, i don't know how they'll program that in anywhere but yeah i was having some uh interesting conversations about this with some uh my uh my destiny uh raid guys if anyone doesn't know what that is it's a video game um that i play with a friends of mine some friends of mine and we were talking about how there's experiments where people have weighed the human soul if that makes sense wow. i think you've heard of that it's in it's incredible um and uh yeah it's amazing uh to to think that if that is actually something you can do then there's proof right there right You're, you could have ai making music and everything else but if it doesn't have the soul it's just not gonna it's not gonna hit absolutely absolutely so um yeah let's 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 take no, we've I, got, I feel like we've gone really yeah. up here somewhere and now we're just gonna be like so how do you start dj <laughs> pretty much i actually you know but but i'm i'm actually keen to, to hear about your process for curation because that is definitely sure. something that ai can't do um and yeah, so this is it yeah sorry to interrupt matt but this is the thing where i've actually spoken with uh club owners and promoters and they're like we can just put on playlists and spotify will do things for us i'm like yeah it can, but you're still very limited. Like I know if you put a DJ on somewhere, just imagine a crowd comes in that wants, I don't know, ATL, like you know, early 2000s ATL hip hop. If your playlist is programmed for something else, you can't work with that already. You know, it's, it's just not gonna be the same as having a DJ there. Yes, some DJs are bad, but there's also some incredible DJs that can read rooms and create the most incredible atmosphere. And I'm sure you probably have felt this as well. Isn't it such a good feeling when you have a crowd that is really, um, feeling what you're doing and you can take it anywhere you want so you could be doing i don't know let's just say like a 90s hip-hop set and then drop um acdc and they'll just absolutely lose their minds because they're they're literally in the palm of your hands mm. that's something ai can't do and that's something that playlists can't do at all um so i feel like the human element always will have to be there somehow it's the randomness yeah completely 100 percent. and he's just actually joined the chat but the psychology department if you haven't seen his streams please do one of the best djs i have seen on twitch without a doubt and i can't wait to see him live he's absolutely incredible okay awesome so Honestly. what what is it how would you describe what is the thing about the psychology department streams oh it's just the energy like i have never ever seen this much energy and it's, it's all it's all jersey um jersey club with some other stuff and he plays things that i've never heard of before and it's the energy and then randomly he'll start doing squats middle of his stream <laughs> <laughs> And it's just the best thing. And this is why I'm sure, uh, Matt, you can agree with me on this. When it comes to Twitch, I love that I've been able to see another side of DJs because before we were just Instagram people. And we know we can't truly be ourselves in Instagram because we've got to be cool DJs who do cool things all the time. And with Twitch, I've seen DJs who are into the same comic books as me, video games, sneakers, or anything else. And it's showcased another side of us that um, we couldn't probably showcase before. And I love it. Yeah. No, I I do too, and I, that's definitely the takeaway from Twitch is really really getting a, a feel for the the humans that are DJing. You know, you can't really just DJ. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can just DJ and not talk to people, but the talking is is a big part of it, and that's a human connection. 
Completely, yeah. And then, but listen, psychology department, if you please, when you when he's in extremes, go and check his stream. I remember when he was first, uh, when I first caught him, he had just bought the Supreme mic, and oh, yeah. uh, he was he was actually using it, and he was licking the mic in the stream. Got all hype beast. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess, I, I don't know if he was flexing and just being like, listen, I got the mic, so I'm just going to actually use it. Because I know if I had it, I'd keep it in his box and not use it. So <laughs> Awesome. So that is um, so that is the psychology department, and he's in the chat yes. right now. So shout yeah. out shout out the uh, psychology department there. But, but Great yeah, name just, too. <laughs> but just getting back to it, um, your curation process, if you're happy right. to share it, um, I'd, I'd just love to hear about, you know, do, how did you do you find it on on soundcloud what are your avenues and yeah yeah so um 90 percent of the music i play on the future beat show is from soundcloud um i you know everything i find on there uh, it could play on the show now um recent times now that producers are moving over to spotify audio mac um title it's a bit more difficult so i have to expand my search perimeters but yeah it's mostly well no it's nearly all in soundcloud um and I guess initially the reason behind it was if it's on SoundCloud, I can get around the copyright. Mm -hmm. So I won't, I won't get my show taken down. Cause uh, in fact, when I used to have guest mixes on the future beat show, um, a few people had played tracks, which, you know, because of copyright, my show got taken down. Um, I lost my channel completely. Um, I had to restart again, which sucked. However, very quickly, I know we're going on a tangent here is um, someone who works for Sony or worked for Sony uh, removed the copyright strikes for me. And wow. my show came back. So I was like, oh man, because someone messaged me like, hey man, your, sh your channel's back. I'm like, no, no, this is the new one. He goes, no, 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 your channel's back. And and I contacted the guy. I was like, yeah, I work in the copyright department. Um, I removed it for you. Um, do your thing, man. Thanks for the shows. So amazing. Um, but in terms of curation, yeah, all SoundCloud. Um, I just felt like I started playing music from SoundCloud. The, people say it's a golden era of SoundCloud, which was a 2015, I want to say maybe 2014. Um, and there were some amazing producers on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, that's where it was started. And then now still mostly SoundCloud, but yeah, I use Spotify and, uh, Apple music as well now. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know, since they had the copyright strikes, a lot of people really deserted SoundCloud. They were really upset about that, but there's still a, a huge community there that, that still put music on there. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, understandably people were angry at soundcloud but effectively if you're playing music which you don't have the rights to you're going to get in trouble you know there's, there's you can't be mad at soundcloud for that they didn't intentionally do that but um i've always felt like soundcloud this has something which the other platforms don't i think yeah. it's kind of like a rawness maybe um you know there's a lot of producers that i played five or six years ago some are now signed to ovo some are doing stuff with like pharrell uh, other people have done music for apple um, and they've all started on SoundCloud. And I've not heard that from any other platform, unless it's YouTube, of course, which is the other one. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is, is a, I, I love YouTube more these days, um, in a sense, okay. because that community, well, not, it's not really a competition, but you know, I've, I guess I've discovered it more personally and realized that there is a huge wealth of content that's been created on there um, by you know, producers that maybe never even went to SoundCloud. They just went straight to YouTube. Well, this is it. I feel like some producers of a certain age, maybe, maybe some of the younger producers, for them, YouTube is the way to go um, because 
at one point YouTube had all these songs you could listen to um, without paying for anything. Mm. So for them, YouTube is a music discovery tool. Mm. I haven't really, well, I don't actually use uh, YouTube for that, but um, it's always going to be SoundCloud for me. But I have noticed that um, I definitely don't have as much music as I used to find before. It's definitely a bit more limited now. Yeah. And Bandcamp, is, are you finding Bandcamp? Bandcamp's is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, the thing for me is, is if I find someone in SoundCloud, if they have a Bandcamp link, then I'll go over to Bandcamp and buy the mm. song. Um, yeah. But I won't yeah. really search on Bandcamp. I feel like to me, maybe I need a bit more time with it. It's a little bit messy, I feel like. I don't yeah, know if you feel yeah. the same way, but it's not as easy to search for things. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that, that, I mean, even the way SoundCloud you know, was better even earlier on where it was more chronological. And I remember just feeling like before they did the the reposting, you'd just be able to like check in. It was like checking Twitter or something. You'd check in and try and find things like that. And it was always something new and fresh. And Yeah. And they had the um, the groups as well. I don't know if you remember the, the groups they used to have on SoundCloud. Not really. So you could have you could have like a Future Beats group and you'd go there and people would just put their music that fit that genre into there. So effectively, you had smaller groups and they got rid of that. I don't know why they did that. Um, I'm sure there's a reason. But um, now, uh, definitely, I, I tell a lot of people, train the algorithm. If you're going to use the algorithm, mm. train it. So yep. if you like a song, like it, comment, repost, put it into a playlist, and then the algorithm will start understanding what to show you. And that's what I've done over the last couple of years as well. So, so, so SoundCloud kind of suggests music in a lot of ways that knows that you're gonna like. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and and I, I think the coolest thing that I, I've always really admired about the Future Beats show is how you really provide a kind of a platform for emerging artists and and showcase them. There's no, it, it doesn't feel like there's any hierarchy or or anything. You know, there's no limit. You know, you'll just if you like something, you'll oh, just no. play it. No, in fact, what I love is uh, finding people who have less than 100 plays on SoundCloud. That always makes me like smile. I'm like, yes, I need to get this person more plays. And that's my job to do it. But again, if someone has 100 plays or 100,000 plays, if the song bumps, I'm going to play it on the show. Yeah, it's crazy, though. Like SoundCloud really created that platform, hey, for 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 us yeah. producers. No, completely, 100%. And it's amazing how well here's why i always say right you have a lot of people saying soundcloud's dead it's not really a thing anymore but i just say until the term spotify rapper youtube rapper or whatever it is becomes normal then soundcloud's always going to win because soundcloud invented the soundcloud rapper soundcloud producer genre and this genre now is absolutely killing it yeah i think about that how important it was to um you know artists like k tronada um and you know i mean the whole crew like well that. i remember i mean I, I don't want to put the business out there but i remember when um gold link first rapped on katranada's beats and katra was on twitter saying who's this guy rapping on my effing beats and this and the other and then they just made amazing music together and i i, I witnessed that happening i remember you know seeing all this and it's yeah katranada is an amazing su success story then we have people like Stu ford slash chloe martini um so many wise uh so many incredible producers and i'm sorry if i can't remember your names right now who have gone in to do amazing things and it all started on spot on suncloud amazing yeah. and i like that the there there was no no limit you know like um as somebody who grew up in a, in a country that wasn't you know didn't have a, a big music industry that 
also shine a lot of light on people. I mean, Kate Trinata is, is a good case in point. He's from Canada, and Canada's definitely yeah. got a great music, um, you know, scene. But for a long sure. time, it was kind of like a, you know, like a, a swept under the rug. It wasn't as as respected as the states. And yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, yeah, ex- no, one hundred percent. But just going back to Canada, is interesting how. As much as now, you could argue Kate Trinada and Drake, but there's always been good music coming from Canada. But you're right, it's always been about America. And with the UK, UK's had some amazing music, but more people came for house, jungle, garage, uh, dubstep, you know, things like that. So we've always kind of been popping as a, as a country, you know, slash city over here. And I feel like now, maybe it's because of Drake or whoever it is, that people are now looking at but then i feel the same way you know when grime started popping off here i feel like it was because kanye had all these guys up on stage and then drake started working with people which made that scene blow up because before that people weren't really messing with uk rappers like that yeah yeah oh and yeah you're completely right i was thinking about that actually that it wasn't cool to have a uk accent and be a rapper but now people want that well, no, this is it. I remember UK rappers rapping in American accents. Right. Like, I remember that was the thing, you know. And now, yeah, now you've got the whole world sounding like us, which is, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. You know, I love it. And, and I mean, that's another thing that I'd like to talk about, with, especially with the show and emerging genres. That's a really, um, yeah, a, a kind of a UK thing, right? Um, you've got, you know, like you said, you've got drum and bass, you've got jungle, you know, UK garage, just or just garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we we just say garage, but we we know it's, it's. I mean, it started off in the U.S. Of course, you know, and we kind of put our own spin on it. Um, and and now, especially with the SoundCloud people, yeah, that sounds blowing up again. All of a sudden, like a lot of Dutch producers are using that sound. Um, French producers as well. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally here for it. Well, you even got uh, Jared Jackson bringing it back to the U.S. Oh yeah, exactly. Which is Jared Jackson's incredible, such an amazing producer. I remember, um, and he's nice on the cut as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, very nice on the cut. I remember when I heard some of his music and it took me back to being a kid um, and, and hearing that kind of house. It was, yeah, amazing. He's he's absolutely incredible. Yeah, but it, you're right. It's, it's a, a huge resurgence of that. And, um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm familiar with only a couple of the kind of the new new um, UK kind of garage producers. Obviously, DJ Easy being the legend. Um, <laughs> I'll forgive you because you're not from the UK. Oh, yeah, Easy. But, but Easy. There we go. That's it. <laughs> just gonna say, if you watch this play this back, you'll see me just tense up when he says "easy." I'm like, wait, hang on. <laughs> and Matt, because I got a lot of love and respect for you, I'm just gonna just nicely say it's easy. <laughs> it's true, and it's funny because um, Z Trip often says, um, you know, when I when I go and play in the UK, it's yeah, it's Z Trip. Um, so make sure you say that. Right. So I used uh, to call him Z Trip all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it's Z Trip, of course it is. Yeah, I'm going. I'm so sorry, Z Trip. If you're watching this, I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoys it, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, and then dubstep, though, all, all of these genres are really mm-hmm. like a UK thing, um, and there's a huge subculture that that the UK is really like then kind of influenced the rest of the world. Um, and and even with what what, what your show does, is you're taking like kind of sub genres and and giving them a platform, right? Yeah, that's it. I just feel like I'm very lucky to have this platform. And one of the best things um, is having the community around us. And this is what Twitch has kind of done now, which is enabled a two-way conversation 
with people. Whereas before it was just very strictly me playing music as a radio show and playing it to the audience. And I love now that um, I'm having people send me music from their hometowns or their friends and nobodies and, you know, giving them a platform for the world to hear the music, which is the best thing I can possibly do. You know, that's it. I'm not doing this for myself. Well, you know, that's a lie. The way I do the show is I kind of, the way I picture it is that I'm playing music to friends of mine. Like, yo, you need to listen. This is sick. You need to hear this song. Like we're in the car. That's effectively what I'm doing. And um, the fact that I can have a platform, even better. If I can help people, why not? Awesome. Well, on that note, what is, yes. um, uh, we, we talked a little bit here before, um, and I asked you to send through a song. So I'd like to play it right now. Um, but do you want to just tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what 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 this record is um why it's oh, your man. favorite record right now this is such a good question and i'm gonna have to give you a really bad answer i have no idea who this young lady is i know absolutely nothing about her i don't know where she's from all i know is later on my show uh about a month and a half ago and then i started seeing the name everywhere so all these very dope producers like j rob started saying yo pink panthers she's amazing um i have no idea if it's a she he they I don't know anything. All I know is this young lady uh, is singing over some incredible beats. And this is, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the first original songs that I've come across because she's actually sung over other jungle songs. Um, Adam F. Circles. She sang over a garage classic, Flowers uh, by Sweet Female Attitude. And uh, yeah, this one is just insane. It's just the best. Yeah, it's it's. It just makes me, reminds me of London in the mid to late 90s. It's the only way I can describe it. Listening to pirate radio stations on a cassette tape. Um, all it's missing is an intro by an MC. That's it. But this is incredible. You can do the intro if you want. Oh man, I wish I could. I can't do the MC voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Passion by Pink Panthers. Yeah, amazing. This is coming to you from Complexion.
so good. It's just a shame it's such a short song. <laughs> yeah. Like most of the music is like two minutes long. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's so there's so much restraint in it too. Like, um, yeah, you know, like you said, it is jungle vibes or um, drum and bass kind of yeah. rollers, if, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But there, it, it's very minimal. It's short. It, it it almost takes like a lot of borrows a lot of conventional or almost rap or you know more uh, kind of subtle song structure. So it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I can't wait to hear what she he all they put out next like i keep a close eye on this soundcloud page it's yeah amazing like absolutely amazing shout out to uh the people that are just joining us right now what up yulia we got uh gregarious beats in here uh oh, gregarious is amazing by the way he's a amazing producer and it's we have this ongoing thing where whenever he's in the stream and he says yo this song is good i'm like okay you better go and remix it now so i can play it <laughs> <laughs> uh we also got ian breezy panda mr carlo renoir I speak Rick. Um, Keon says, I think we, we, we talked about. Yeah, okay, I think that's about it. But big up everyone who's tuned in right now. This is uh, The Complexion on the Unscripted Show with uh, myself. My name's Matt. Uh, what up, Thick Duvet? Um, <laughs> Thick Duvet. <laughs> yeah. The best name. And he's actually got the name from my streams, weirdly enough, because I don't have soundproofing in my room. So I actually use a Thick Duvet to cover my door. And nice. he saw it and just took the name on, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, the, the feathers, you know, they do a great job. This is it. I knew it. there was something on there, right? It was. It wasn't just me making it up. Like, there's definitely uh, some science behind it. <laughs> so, um, since we're talking about you know drum and bass and stuff, and we, we, we're still on the kind of genres here, we've got there's a there's a there's a line through a lot of these genres that is very consistent, you know, between drum and bass, jungle, UK garage, dubstep. Mm-hmm. You know it, it, this bass line, this bass sound. Can can you explain that to anyone who, of us who, who who's not from England and doesn't quite understand? Oh that? man! Yeah. So I I don't think I'm the right person to speak about this because you know what it was, Matt. I what I mean, I grew up listening to Jungle, so Jungle's always gonna have a special place in my heart. But I wasn't a fan of Garage initially. I never liked dubstep. I was always like, oh god, I don't want to deal with this stuff. I just never liked any of it. It's only now that I can appreciate how good it actually was but at the time i was very much like rolling around timberland boots baggy jeans fubu hats you know i was like yo i'm hip-hop all day you know listening to mop i remember loud records were at their peak at the time so imagine mop big pun exhibit mob deep that's what me and my friends are listening to and we're all dressed like we're from new jack city um and everyone else is listening to you know to garage and um you know if you're unfamiliar with, with uk garage the whole scene at the time was very kind of flashy. People would be wearing machino shirts, popping champagne bottles, sunglasses, and me and my friends would be in the corner, you know, Timberland up, baggy American football jerseys, um, waiting for the hip hop to come on, you know? <laughs> so I'm not the right person about that, um, but I appreciate it now. Um, and the thing is, as I'm getting older, my music taste has definitely expanded. I listen to so much more music than I did before. Before, genuinely, it was hip hop and that's it. Maybe R&B, but that was it. I was like, no, I hate everything else. I don't wanna listen to it. And then when I started listening to like Gary DJs, I wasn't impressed initially because I was like, but they're not scratching. So they're not good. But then I started listening to the long form way of mixing. I listened to the quick mixes with the up faders and I started thinking, wow, these guys are doing stuff that I don't do. So if I can learn to adapt what they do into my sets, I can get even better. And that's when I kind of started thinking, you know, I guess laterally, if that makes sense, um, and start appreciating it. But what I would say is um, 
with that kind of bass, it's just something you can feel in your chest. That's the only way I can describe it. I remember going to uh, Notting Hill Carnival and listening to Jungle over there and you literally feel in everything inside just shake and rattle. You know, that's what it was all about. Do you think that that is, um, you know, a part of the the influence of Jamaican reggae in the UK? Oh, 100%, yeah, 100%. Um, I remember um, uh, there was... Um, Someone was saying how Drake was jacking UK slang and this, that, and the other and everything. And when I was DJing in Toronto, I realized, like, holy shit, these guys talk like we do. And I then realized, of course, it was the West Indian culture. That's the slang we all use, you know. So, of course, it was absolutely huge over here. You know, you, you genuinely, African and West Indian music has influenced pretty much everything, you it's, know, it's... Over here, especially in the UK. It's interesting you say that because I know that you, you've been to Toronto. There's a kind of like a very interesting relationship between Toronto and London for that reason. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of West Indian um, musical and cultural exchange, it just it hits yeah. in both places. I felt like I was back home because at the time I was really missing London when I was touring. And uh, I got to uh, Toronto. Sadly, I was only there for about 18 hours. Um, so I never got to fully appreciate the city um but uh yeah i absolutely loved it it reminded me of home so much so it had um itch that's or scratched that itch that i had for london <laughs> absolutely um actually gregarious brings up a really cool uh question uh statement in here gregarious beat says um i had no idea jungle is a music genre too i just kept thinking of the artist music collective called jungle which are also fantastic and from the uk um but yeah jungle how would you just how would you dif differentiate drum and bass and jungle because I have an understanding uh, of it, but I'd love to hear the official word. Okay, so if anybody is watching this back and is a jungle or drum and bass aficionado or, you know, no more than I do, I do apologize for anything I'm about to say that might offend you. Uh, for me, I feel like it's the drum rolls, if that makes sense. This jungle has like a certain kind of roll to it. You heard it on the Pink Panthers track. To me, that's what jungle is. And especially anything with a West Indian sample, a reggae sample, sorry. Um, to me is uh, jungle, without a doubt. Drum and bass, I feel like it's when it became a bit more, how can I say this without offending drum and bass producers? Uh, not manufactured, that's the wrong term. I feel like the, the music just sounded more full. Like jungle was a bit more raw. And drum and bass kind of sounded very kind of, you could tell it was definitely more cleaner. That's the word I'm looking for. It was cleaner yep. is the way I can describe it. So if I've offended anyone, I do apologize. Like, I love it all. Please don't be angry at me. <laughs> that's, that's good. I think that's really, that's pretty accurate, man. Uh, as from my understanding of it is too. Um, but it's funny that you, you talk about that. There was a documentary I watched pretty recently, um, uh, something called uh, I Hate Skrillex and This Is Why. And it was a YouTube documentary <laughs> and it was about dubstep. Uh, Skrillex, my apologies. I did not name that thing if you're watching. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it was a really interesting deep dive into dubstep and the kind of a transformation that dubstep also had uh, in retrospect. Because much like yourself, a little earlier, you mentioned, you know, you weren't really into, you know, anything else but hip hop. I too was a real staunch hip hop head. I really conformed yeah. to that. But That's it, yeah. as I've got older and uh, as as you do and matured, I've kind of opened my mind and wanted to understand things a, a little bit more intimately. And this, yeah. And you can tell by your streams as well. You know, that's why I love watching your streams because you always play, th like I always walk away from your streams from hearing something new that I didn't hear before. Oh, and I feel like yourself 
and Matthias, who's actually in the chat, you two are definitely very dope DJs who I feel like I'm going to learn something when I watch your streams. Oh, thank you, man. What up, Matthias in the chat? He's amazing too. Uh, yeah, big up. Amazing DJ. Yeah. Big up, Matthias. Um, and I know that both of us both like a lot of UK and more or less conventional, you know, hip hop tracks yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. Um, the the thing that is interesting about this documentary that I watched on YouTube was that it really showed me the origins of dubstep. And in a lot of ways, I guess Jungle and Drum and Bass had a very similar kind of, you know, thing where it was basically designed by, it was created by people in, in basements and bedrooms and just mm -hmm. played to a small crowd. And then when it had to kind of evolve, it had to change, you know, it had to have drops and, you know, these yeah. kind of aesthetically more, you know, you know but is that, is that a bad thing though do you think because for me i feel like constantly evolving is a is a good thing and i think um a lot of people hate on that i mean if i did things exactly how i did five six years ago i wouldn't probably be on the bbc now yeah um you know when we do another thing i feel like you always have to evolve and keep moving and understand that in order to get your sound out to a, a wider audience you do have to adapt sometimes and maybe do things that you probably wouldn't want to do before but i think it, it's fine you know drum i mean dubstep at its peak was absolutely huge and maybe it was short-lived it probably could have gone a bit longer but you could admit but at the peak of it it was amazing yeah and and you're absolutely right i don't think that it, it, it it's very easy to to, to dis disregard like the mainstream stuff i think that that is just the way it goes and i don't think it necessarily has to be bad but ultimately when you appeal to more people then it kind of becomes out of you you lose control right so yeah you know th that's it exactly yeah i think it's a very fine balance that i'm really trying to do as well um before doing my own show it was just two hours a week i would do on radio and i'd speak for probably seven to eight minutes of an entire two-hour show now being on twitch the people that watch it they know the name of my cats they know uh you know all these kind of things about me so in a way you open yourself up a bit more but then at the same time i'm so glad i now these people that were listeners of mine i can happily say they're now my friends and that's a wonderful thing and that's what happens when you open up and start working with people and thinking about the bigger picture rather than thinking i'm just going to stay here by myself and be cool and you know do what i used to do in the club in the late 90s you know stand in the corner with my friends yeah. and you know i'm too cool for garage i'm not going to dance to this you know i'm not going to like this and but i wish i could go back and enjoy it again now it'd be totally. amazing and i do think that there's there's ways to to grow with it and and as long as you don't lose sight of what you initially wanted to do right i think someone like yeah. kay tronada is a good example of somebody who sounds very similar to the way he does then as he does now uh and he because has when a we hear his yes when we hear his other stuff like some of the trap hip-hop stuff we're like yes it's k Tronada, but it's different but it's still his sound and that's the best thing i think ultimately it's it's very easy for me to sit here and say this but if you just do what you like and you're good at what you do you'll be fine just keep doing it don't don't conform but please think about the bigger picture well, that's actually kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. One of the things I've always really admired about what you do, the, the Future Beat show, is that it, it's it's very clear the identity that you have. Like you have a very strong sense of identity in, in what you're doing. And I think that that says a lot about you as a person um, and that translates into the music. Uh, is that intentional? Yeah, I think so. I mean, growing up, I um, I always wanted to fit in with people. I always like I wanted to hang out with the cool kids. You know, I was bullied for reading comic books and being into video games when I was a kid, and uh, I really tried hard to fit in with them. You know, and then when I finally started hanging out with the 
cool kids. Um, all they did was smoke cigarettes uh, behind the sports hall. And I was like, this is boring. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Um, so for me, after that, I really started thinking, right, I want to be myself. I'm not going to hide behind who I am as a person. If I like, for example, comic books, video games, sneakers, whatever it is, I, that's me. I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. And uh, I feel like that's happening now with the Future Beat Show. It pretty much is. We, you know, we we are a very good community. You know, the community is amazing. We love space and we like music that you can just chill to, work to, do whatever you want to do to. And yeah, there's there's definitely an aesthetic. I feel like that is very strong within this community. If that makes sense, I hope that's answered the question. I know I went off on a tangent there, but that's I hope that makes sense. It really does. It's it's really good to hear this because I, I think by default a lot of DJs, uh, and you know maybe I'm just projecting a little bit, but DJing in in, in itself is a weirdly is a weird exchange of you know introvert and extrovert where you 100%. you want to be there you want to be at the party but you don't really yeah. want to talk to everybody <laughs> you just kind of want to create Matt, listen a... you know what you nail on the head there man um if I could I'd love to DJ behind the curtain or something which is why I love DJing on Twitch so much. Because I can just DJ in my room just just over here and uh, I can turn the camera off and I can still DJ to a couple of hundred people if I want to. Great. I love it, you know. And sometimes you want to talk to people and you want attention and sometimes you're like, just leave me alone. I don't really want to, you know, speak to anyone. Because DJing inherently is a very lonely thing, right? Absolutely. You know, even, I mean, there is a community aspect to it, but yeah, it can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's full of, you know, interesting, you know, uh, opposites and and parallels yeah and uh with twitch now it's great because i feel like a lot of djs who maybe had barriers up they've been broken away because we all kind of i feel like we all get on a lot more now and we're always very supportive with each other and we uh we kind of know more about each other rather than just flyers and routines and club videos you know we kind of yeah it's changed a lot more and i, and I like that i feel like there's definitely walls that have been broken um over the last year yeah, you're right. I think, and I think getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is a very important part of the Twitch experience. For sure. And I mean, sure. since we're since we're talking about Twitch, I mean, I feel like this is something. Obviously, we're on Twitch. Shout out. <laughs> shout yeah, out shout Twitch. out to the Twitch guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know, uh, you you've really embraced it. Like, I think uh, you know, just just you specifically have been one of the most active people I've seen on Twitch, and you've really, you know, you've you've not only just done a show you've really excelled and and you've created a community on there you know you use discord and you're you're doing regular streams you've had guests it's like there's a lot of intention behind it um do you want to just talk about your journey a little bit yeah so it's this is the thing when you're surrounded by video game geeks they've been telling me for years to get onto twitch they were saying for the longest time dude get on twitch use discord i was like yeah i want to but um i don't think anyone else is ready for it and then when lockdown happened, um, what were we DJs going to do? You know, it was like a quick, like, okay, maybe Instagram. But I remember I used to do Instagram streams and I used to uh, talk through my headphones as a mic. Um, and then I'm sure all of us started off putting our phones by the speaker and then we'd bought the iRig and everything else and Instagram would shut us down. And I remember I moved over to Twitch and I said to everyone, you have to come to Twitch. Like, this is the way that like, you're going to love it. And um when we did that, I w was receiving a bunch of emails and messages from a lot of the listeners telling me how uh, they were really scared of what was happening with quarantine and lockdowns, and uh, they felt alone. So I was like, 
what can I do to help? Like, what can I do in my very limited way and just get people talking or make them make sure they're not lonely or, you know, anything we can do. So started doing the Future Beat Show on Twitch and then we started doing theme shows. I remember I was doing sample shows. I was doing quizzes, for example. We were like doing quizzes on Scottish slang and London slang and things just to make people laugh and hopefully help them not waste time, but keep them occupied so they wouldn't think about things, give them something to look forward to. And then um, people just started donating money. I, I I opened up my PayPal and there's $500 in there. Or there was like, you know, $250, $100 here and there. It was incredible. And then initially, I I think I had said, if you if people can help me raise, I think it was four or 500 pounds. I was like, we can get a new camera. We can buy, buy a better mic. And I go, that's it. We exceeded that by like 4,500 pounds. We won 5K at one point. And then I thought, I can't keep this. We've got to do something with this. So we started donating money to local uh, food banks. There were people that were in trouble with bills. We were helping people pay bills um, and giving them money. And uh, yeah, doing things for charity around the world. And this is all because of Twitch. And when we started doing that, I was like, this is there's something here. It, this, this is amazing, you know? And we don't really have, a, I'd say in the grand scheme of things, we don't have thousands of viewers on Twitch. I think the most I've ever had myself is 200 and something. So it's not like a crazy amount where it's like it's 500 or it's 1,000, but it's just been incredible, you know? And the reason I've kept upping the levels for myself is because everyone who watches, they've been so supportive and so amazing. So I just wanted to make sure that when they're subbing to me, I made it worth their while. So I thought, what can I do? And also, Matt, to be honest, man, I'm a big geek. I'm a, I'm a goofball, man. This, it, this lets me do this because when people listen to the Future Beat Show, they think I'm some... I don't know what they think. They think I'm just someone who has his whole shit together and is like super like, you know, knowledgeable and everything. I'm like, no, I'm not, man. I'm, I'm trying to work things out like you guys are. I'm just probably like one day ahead of you. But um, yeah, doing Twitch made me, let me be a goofball. And that's a big part of my personality, man. Like I'm, I, people just assume I'm some try hard, cool hype beast. I'm like, I'm not at all, man. I'm, I'm a complete dweeb. <laughs> and I loved being able to do that on Twitch to showcase that side of my personality, you know, and we've done it, you know, things like um like this the slang the scottish slang quiz you know there's people in our chat that still use scottish slang because of uh the quizzes we did i mean come on i'm complexion you know who's done xyz and i'm doing a quiz stream about scottish slang or new york slang or whatever it is and uh yeah th that's why i've done it effectively to answer your question um it's just because my community has been so supportive of me and what i've done that i wanted to make sure that i could help them uh get through quarantine and if that was doing things on twitch or whatever i'm here for it that's so cool and i mean the the main reason why to sub though is really the oh my days emote right <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing you know when when i do the radio show i obviously talk a lot slower i'm like hey you'll listen to the future beat show with complexion as you've probably noticed in this uh interview uh i have a tendency to talk really fast um reason being when i was younger i had a lisp so i had to have speech therapy to get rid of my lisp um it still comes out occasionally but i hated public speaking so i would just speak really quick just to get out what i had to go so i could go and sit down again and be away from it and uh i still talk fast sometimes <laughs> and what i do is uh, during the twitch streams the london side of me will come out so bruv, ting, oh my days. And people were like, what's oh my days? I'm like, what, you've never heard of oh my days? <laughs> and it just became a thing. And I'm very lucky that I have a very good team who helps me out with Twitch. Um, you know, obviously I have amazing mods, of course, Eris, incredible. Uh, my very good friend, Mackie, he's an amazing designer. And what I love about him 
he's not actually a designer. He, I will literally tell him, can you do this? And he's like, right, give me six hours. And he'll go and watch YouTube videos, learn how to do that thing and come back and give me something. So I said to him, can you make me an Oh My Days emote? He's like, yeah, it's done. And now half of Twitch is saying Oh My Days, which yeah. I love. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get uh, Oh My Days popping in on the, on the state side. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, there's there's a bunch of Americans use it. Um, there's another one we have called Boosted, which is another thing we say over here in the UK. I think it's a very West London thing. And people are slowly saying that as well, um, which is just kind of like, a, like you're excited, like you're unboosted, you know, or you can also say it sarcastically, like, yo, don't get boosted. Um, so that's another good one as well. And I think Eris might be sharing the emotes. <laughs> now yeah, yeah, we chat. got it. Let's <laughs> add that to the broadcast. We got boosted. Um, <laughs> But and, Matt, you know what it is? One thing I love though, sorry, is just the, with Twitch, it's the fact that it's become like a two-way thing, right? So we can talk about slang from our cities or food that's exclusive to where we come from and things like that. Why should it just be food and music? It can be other things. It can be slang, it could be artwork or whatever. And that's what I love about Twitch as well. That fact that we can now talk to each other about these things. So, but just... Speaking of boosted, oh, we've got a couple other ones here. Um, <laughs> oh, tatties is a great one. <laughs> so that actually means potatoes in Scottish slang. Ah. But obviously it sounds like something else. So imagine everyone kept saying tatties and DJ Marvel, I actually hit him up, shout out to DJ Marvel. And I was like, yo, Marvel, can you make me the tatties, uh, an emote, but can you do it in the, um, uh, what's uh, Twinkies logo? So that's what it is now. So it's a Twinkies logo, but it says Tatties. <laughs> so nice. Matthias, he's just mentioned hundreds and thousands. Now I thought this was worldwide. Do you know what hundreds and thousands are? Um, yeah, but I'm. I should be. Uh, um, I should be disqualified because I grew up in New Zealand. Oh, oh the, see, I, I, I was going to say I could hear a New Zealand twang with some of your the words you were saying. So it's sprinkles. And when I mentioned that we called them hundreds and thousands, people lost their shit. <laughs> I love hundreds. I think hundreds of thousands is such a long way of saying sprinkles. Like it's so yeah. unnecessarily long, but I love it. Hundreds and thousands. It's so hundreds. Because <laughs> there's hundreds and thousands of them, right? That's the. That's it. That's yeah. what it is. That's it. You can get it on your ice creams and stuff. You know, I I love it. It's it's the best. <laughs> um, actually, shout out Josephine Cruz, JMKM. She was on the show recently as well, and she had she had a radio show called Hundreds and Thousands. Um, oh no way! Yeah, um, and that was Rain also. Name. Yeah, British influence there. Oh, yeah, shout out to Jam Came. Her and Frieza are doing dope things. And one of my favorite DJs, Twitch people, and just all around person as well. And she also, uh, yeah, they have a, they are from Toronto, well, in Toronto. Yes. And they have, yeah. they are really big for bringing the kind of UK culture fr from, you know, London to, to, and you know, the, whatever that ex cultural exchange is between Toronto and sure. UK. They're a big part of that. Um, so, so, yeah, shout out them, dear friends. Um, so let's. So what we've we've been talking about UK genres, but I'm curious to know what is popping in in the UK right now. Like what is what is the the music? What's the sound of, out of London right now? Oh, it's it's drill without a doubt, 100. percent Everywhere you go, that's all you're hearing. Um, I'm gonna be honest. It's not really for me. Um, I appreciate the you know what it's doing for the culture and the fact that we kind of have our own style of drill music because obviously it comes from chicago it's not from the uk um but the other thing which i really love is now we're getting drill music from places like birmingham manchester every and we're hearing these regional accents um making music and that's what i'm here for absolutely love it but yeah drill is definitely what's popping right now over here for sure without a doubt 
it's interesting to see what's happening with drill uh, stateside um, with you know artists like Pop Smoke and a lot of yep. uh, you know U.S. like you know mainstream artists using the the sounds the the instrumental sounds. Yeah, and also UK producers they're reaching out to, aren't they? That's well, right, which is really, really interesting. That never would have happened when I was growing up. Yeah, it's it's actually a really. I mean, I I, w- I could talk. I would love to talk about this for a long time because <laughs> I, I'm really fascinated by that. The thing that happens when, um, you know, you've got music that is created. A lot of a lot of genres are created in in the states as well, and then they go to the mm-hmm. to to England, and then England takes it and then changes it, and then it comes back in a different way to the US. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And this has gone on for forever. I mean, I've talked about it. I think on this on this podcast before, even where it's just, it's really fascinating that whatever happens in that that you know transition, it, it's almost like America's like, oh, I, I didn't realize we we made this thing, and now <laughs> yeah. we like it more. Like you know, it's yeah, we crazy. like it more. Now. Yeah, completely. But also, what's interesting is. Um, who are those guys from New Zealand? Uh, that group that does draw. Uh, some, is it something four? I think. Um, I'm not uh, too sure. Uh, my, okay. My... I I can't recall, but it's 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 incredible because they all have Kiwi accents, but it's drill music. From, yeah. It sounds like it's from London. It's the best. It's amazing. You know, it's it's incredible. And I've heard. You know, uh, I think Matthias mentioned in the chat just now. There's African drill. There's I've heard Brazilian uh, producers making drill music as well, which is incredible how this sound has now become so huge but i will say this though that weird kind of baseline they use the kind of i don't know what the term is we've been hearing that in the future beat scene for the last six seven years you know like that's a really future beats type thing so it's interesting how i'm not saying that's where it comes from i'm just saying i have heard that baseline before is what oh, i'm saying absolutely i i even think that that's part of this what's so great about this whole thing is that we're seeing like music and genres become fluid and just evolve really really fast it's super accelerated so it's interesting for me right because i do get that and i love when i hear different takes on different types of music like i've heard you know dutch ballet funk and things like that which is incredible however i feel like because it is now just is i guess amalgamize is that even a word yeah I, just it, what what you, you know what i'm trying to say though right it's just it's just become very yeah like you said fluid but then we don't get this the kind of the sound from different cities or countries anymore if that makes right. sense. you know i love Regional music. i love listening to like houston yeah i love listening to houston rap or like bay area hip-hop and then you'd go to manchester and you'd hear like northern soul or then you'd go to um you know amsterdam and you'd hear their kind of version of ballet funk and the other things that they use and when everything sounds the same it's there's definitely something that we're missing like i've heard um chinese drill music and I don't understand it, but the beat sounds amazing, but they're literally rapping like they do in the UK, just in Chinese. Yeah, I, I, know, you know. I know what you mean. Um, I was even thinking about that just the other day when uh, on June 27th, June 27th is a really important day for Houston. Uh, of course. Because DJ Screw had this this freestyle on June 27th with had a bunch of, uh, you know, legendary shout out to Jermaine Dupree for that and yeah man and I saw that pop up on on Twitter yeah. and he talks yeah. Jermaine Dupree's talking about how he made that beat for crisscross and then that became you know chopped Insane. and screwed and yeah Insane. it's like you know it's it's an amazing story but you wonder I wonder if those those things will still happen with you know the the, the internet being what it is and the, the you know 
Yeah, I love that we're also connected now. It's it's amazing. But I, like I said, I I love regional music. It's the best for me to hear a different take on something. You know, like I put on Mike Jones sometimes just because I just want to feel like I'm in Houston driving around, you know, a slow and poor ball and I'm rapping along, whatever. And I'm I'm a dude from West London. <laughs> you know, that's what regional music does for us. Um, you know, I remember you know, being younger and listening to Mob Deep with my friends in my old busted Nissan micro car I used to have. And we drive around listening to Shook Ones, <laughs> you know, and we felt like we were driving through Queens for yeah. all those three or four minutes. I love that. Now, it, it sounds like a DJ Khaled Posse cra- uh, track now. You right. know, like you've got everyone's on the same beat. And yes, you do have different accents, but it sounds the same. And that's the other side of it is what I'm thinking. But as much as we have that, there are still people that are pushing it forward and doing incredible things. And that's always going to exist, always, because there are people that are outliers, right? Totally. And I even, th- I still think there's, there's opportunities. And one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because on your one of your latest Future Wave shows I listened to, um, you were playing uh, Ama Piano, which is a, the emerging <laughs> genre from, well, I don't know if it's emerging anymore, but it's a genre from South Africa that is, is yeah. essentially what we're talking about, a regional music. And um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, tell, tell me what you know about it and tell me what your experience with Arma yes. Piano. So um, I have a good friend of mine, DJ friend of mine, who goes by the name of D James. Um, he's really much uh, familiar with Afrobeats and everything that's coming out of Africa at the moment. And uh, he's been mentioning this t- style of music for a while. I personally, for me, I love going to a packed venue and something being played that's not super hard like something that's really soft and chill and you just have people just vibing dj moma is really good for that with his parties you know he, they, they have that quite a lot and this is what i'm a big fan of a map piano uh, for that that it is very chill it's the, the bpm is very mumbatum uh bpm like what's 110 112 i think and it's just got this amazing soul to it um which is great and i love the fact that you know the spotlight is now on africa which is which it should be for a while. But I love now that people are, you know, opening up to this style of music. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I think it's perfect for summer, without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's funny. It, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, you, you're saying about about Ama Piano and, and MoMA specifically, because MoMA put mm-hmm. out a, a record recently that, uh, that I was, I've lost my mind over. Do you, do you mind if we play <laughs> it uh, for a second? By all means. So yeah, MoMA made this song called, it, even his version is, is a little bit, different too um but uh it's like i'm a piano vibe and he took a jodeci sample too and he flipped it so this is mama's uh a big a big and it's it's beautiful with the tempo like you said yeah 113 it's not house music yeah, yeah not house not r&b just just in a nice you know and all the instruments. I mean, let's be real, all the music, eventually everything came from Africa. We know that, right? 100%. See, this is what I mean, this part here, it's great. I love the offbeat kind of snare, you know, it's just super soft, it's, it's great. And yeah, if, if you're just tuning in right now to the, to the interview, this is, we're going to check out some Ama Piano for a moment.
might even do a, a live mix if you don't mind complexion. Oh, please do. No, 100%. Please do. And in case you know, this is why I love Serato and I'll always, always use Serato. This is just a, a really good reason why you should use this uh, software. Thank you, man. Skip ahead. I gotta play this incredible part of the song where okay. Joe is going nuts. <laughs> Here we go. Another I'm a piano song that I'm I'm really stoked on right now. This one's called uh, No Ties. It's the I'm a piano remix by Chego. Hope you don't mind me doing this complexion. No, by all means. Best friend. 
right, so we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that for the I'm a piano mix. Uh, but just I wanted to give people a taste uh, because I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, such... how, how can you not like it, <laughs> right? Right? How can you not like that? Like, even if you don't like it, it's palpable. You know, you can listen to it like and be like, this is cool. Um, the only one thing I will say is if you are gonna start playing this type of music, please don't play it more than plus like two i think i've heard people play at 119 120 bpm and it's just like don't it's meant to be played slower right you know it's, it's meant to be between 110 112 114 115 maximum no more than that i and i, I like uh, matthias just brought up in the chat um i love how the low end is and uh, how heavy it is and and i'm a piano yeah uh, that's love so it. really Absolutely love it sorry go ahead you know say and, and it kind of hits off beat as well right it's always kind of just off the the kick if that makes sense love yeah. it yeah yeah amazing it's a real character of the sound the the little it's, there's all these very subtle things but you know they just ah oh, it's just a beautiful combination of of uh yeah no sound. um and i love how people around the world are making music like that now as well i've actually um on my first future future wave show i played a sade remix by someone from tokyo who, who had yeah You've done it. And that's amazing. You know, the fact that they're, they're getting the sound so correct. I love it. Absolutely love it. So on that note, um, you know, is, do, is there any, uh, you know, kind of recommendations of producers or, or sounds for us to look out for? I mean, this is something you do show, so well through through the show, but um, just since we'll, we've got you on the show, uh, is there anything? Yes. So there's, oh, there's, there's so many good producers at the moment. Um, in fact, if you don't mind, I'm just going to get my notes out because I actually made some notes just before of people that I can recommend. Um, so there's, well, Pink Panthrist, 100%, who we played earlier. Absolutely amazing. There's an artist called Nina Cobham um, from Manchester, and she is just uh, absolutely amazing. Just, just I, I literally owe my days when I hear her music. Just fantastic. Um, and who else do we have? Um, oh, Magic Flowers, who are a production duo. I want to say they're from Russia, but I might be mistaken. So please forgive me if I've got that wrong. They're doing everything from trap to house to ballet funk. And yeah, they have such an incredible sound. It's amazing. And what they're doing at the moment is they're kind of making trap versions of classic 90s house songs. Um, they've made a murder on the dance floor one, which is insane. It's yeah, you need to check that out. It's amazing. Um, let's see if there's what is one other person maybe I can recommend for you. Um, but otherwise, um, listen to TFBS. That's all I say. Listen to future, the Future Beat Show. Um, oh, there's a guy called Grousy. You might like him actually, Matt. Um, he makes um, a map piano stuff. Uh, map piano. So I'm I'm map piano. I always get it wrong. Um, he's made some <laughs> great remixes. He's done some Janet Jackson ones, Billie Eilish, Brandy ones incredible in fact i'll send them over to you once we're done um and lastly um i live in a place called hounslow there's a producer from hounslow called kayla maestro kayla Insane. maestro i think yeah, he's kayla on maestro. twitch is he yes yeah, yeah i think he does some stuff on twitch he's from down the road so i've got to show love to my west london people for sure awesome awesome thank you for that i mean that's one of the things I, i'm always yeah really happy to, to to learn about music through your show and uh and your and your twitch sets as well so yeah thank you so much man um Speaking of, um, you know, being a DJ, of course, and since we're talking about, you know, you and a DJ on Serato, I wanted to ask you about your time as a DJ for a, an artist from from England, Georgia yes. Smith. Um, can you tell me what that experience was like? Uh, incredible, because I remember, <laughs> I always tell people this story, and it's so funny. It makes me laugh every time even I, t I say it. So, um, 
I'll I'll tell you the the short version of it all. But um, so I know George Smith's manager, and uh, he reached out to me and said, "Hey man, we've got this track. We're working with this artist. Um, would you be down to do some scratches on there?" Yeah, by all means, no problem. Um, so uh, before this though, I used to DJ for this uh, grime uh, rapper called Bonkers. So I was touring with Bonkers, and at the time. George Smith's manager and George Smith came to one of my events when we were um, performing. And this was like an industry event. So you had all the industry heads there. And I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating. Um, pretty much everyone there just kind of, as we say in the UK, palmed them off. They were just like, yeah, cool, whatever. You know, like, it's fine. And um, they weren't really interested in talking to them properly. And uh, they did Blue Lights, um, which is her first single. Um, I did the scratches right behind me, just over there in the corner. I used to have an old iMac. I had an old Technics 1210 turntable, a Vestax 05 Pro uh, mixer, and a SL3 box. And uh, recorded the scratches in Logic. Uh, we used some police sirens. We used an old Dizzy Rascal sample. Um, and then one of my ideas was to harmonize her singing with the scratch sample of Dizzy Rascal saying, um, you can hear the sirens coming. Um, and then, yeah. Um, I they sent everything in, everything got okayed. And when they sent me the final track, <laughs> I remember <laughs> saying to them, I'll repost a song for you overnight. Cause at the time I think I had some like 35,000 SoundCloud followers. So I was like, I'll repost a song. I'll do you a favor. Don't worry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I woke up the next day and I'm not exaggerating. It was on something like a hundred thousand or 200,000 plays. I was like, holy shit. Do I have that much sway in SoundCloud? <laughs> but, but then I noticed that Skrillex was talking about it. Diplo was talking about her and all these people. And I was like, oh my God, literally it was an overnight thing that they put the song out. And then all of a sudden the entire industry is talking about Georgia Smith. Um, wow. And it was insane. And then what I loved was when they put the video out, I don't know this for tr if this is true or not, so I'm just assuming here. But I think they couldn't clear the Dizzy Rascal sample, so the scratches weren't in the first version. And when you look at some of the comments, people were saying, oh, we're the scratches, they're the best part of the song. Um, so then when they clear the sample, it's in there. And uh, yeah, I'll be walking around a, um, a shopping center or a mall, sorry, and uh, I'll hear it. And I'll say, well, wait, 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 wait for the scratches. <laughs> you know? Well, I think we should run it. Let's run it. Um... Okay. So, well, real quick though, this is her first sure. single. I didn't realize this was her first single. I mean, like most people on this on this side of the pond, we it was like Predator, featuring Georgia Smith. Yeah, because I think at the time um, she had already made some moves, so people wanted to you know know a bit more about her. And the Predator song is very club friendly, and mm -hmm. this one isn't as much. But when she does this live, it's it's the best, and especially when she um, harmonizes with the scratches. It's, it's amazing, you know. All right, let's run it. Let's let's we're gonna definitely wait for the scratches as well. We're not skipping. But they're right at the end. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run it. Are we gonna run the whole thing? Shall we? Shall, well, what would you like to do? Shall I know. Just... I, I I think I think skip it. Maybe do it like halfway. Okay. I think let's halfway. So. Um, and I will say this as well. So this is no disrespect to anyone involved at all with this song. I feel like my scratches were moved slightly from when I handed them in. So to me, when I hear them now they don't sound exactly how I did them. I have the original files, so I'll have to like maybe send them over to you, Matt, and you can take a listen to them. Yeah, we'll, we'll do an uh, AB. Yeah, we'll have to, but I feel like they move slightly. And to me, maybe because I did them, I feel like they've lost a little bit of soul. Aww. I think there's a tiny bit, but I'm glad people like it still. So that makes me happy.
You can totally hear who I'm inspired by on those scratches. Like you can 100% hear. It's, it's my best impression of a primo. <laughs> I was just you know, gonna ask the, you. Yeah, was, the, the I... way some of the scratches are layered, you can tell like it's very much a primo thing. And and the siren at the end, when it slows down, that's because it went on longer than it should have. So I reached. I was like, oh shit, and I tried to stop it, which is why it kind of just has this you know slowdown. Oh, um, but perfect. yeah, it was genuinely my best impression of primo. That's what I was trying to do. So, so Primo is your top pick for scratches on a song? 100%. Who else is there? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think... Oh, A-Track's th sick, of course. And yeah. the stuff he did with Common, amazing. Uh, yeah, I think if I was... If we're going to talk about it, some props has to be given to, uh, to Babu for his work with Dilated Peoples. This is true. No, 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 you're right. I guess the only reason I probably wouldn't say Babu is because Premiere has done so much more that's all it is but babu's an incredible dj someone i've grown up wanting to emulate and yeah incredible and he's the perfect example of an uncle who djs and still kills it you know like i love it it's the best <laughs> but you're right though i mean you know primo i think he, he's like the guy as far as i'm aware is the person the dj that really pioneered that style and all, all the things that went along with it you know and i I mean, everybody emulated that, right? Yeah. Everyone wanted oh, to complete. do that. I mean, you can hear it. There's parts when I'm kind of layering the scratches and I'm trying to do exactly what Primo would do. I think I did an okay job, um, but you can totally hear it's my impression of him, I feel mm -hmm. like. Um, because I thought, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I want to make it sound um, like him because the beat to me kind of sounded a bit like a Premiere beat. A little bit. The drums, you know, they kind of gave that feel. I think it's like 93 BPM. Am I? Am I... Yeah, 92. 90? Right on. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of gangstar stuff, which is around that BPM. So it's it's a really nice temper to have fun with because growing up, I always thought you have to just cut quick as you can. And then instead of what I used to do was up the BPM. And then when I started looking at people who were doing like scratches like that on 70 BPM, that just blew my mind. I was like, this is insane. Um, and with, with a lot of jungle DJs who scratch over jungle music, it's very slow. Right. you know and and but that sounds really nice so sorry i know i'm totally going to scratch, scratch nerd mode here now you know? i love it though I, this hey we're here for it we're here for it and and that's one of the things that's also really cool about about what you do and your mixes and, and on twitch is that you're really djing you're really doing a little bit more than just playing songs you know you're doing scratches you're doing doubles that's like yeah part of yeah. your style yeah. right 
Yeah, but that's what I grew up doing. You know, like when I was younger, um, th that's what I was, you know, I imagine I was a brown dude from West London growing up here. Hip hop wasn't really a thing here. All we could do was emulate the Americans. So, you know, watching something like Juice, for example, I was enamored. I was like, yo, this is amazing. And it's only now when I watch it, I'm like, this is so corny. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was it all about? But yeah, I wanted to do DMC. That was my thing. Um, but the problem back then was, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but I feel like mid to late 90s, DMC was very kind of backpack hip hop kind of underground. And I really wanted to do things like Funkmaster Flex. Um, that was the kind of style. So I based my DJing technique on Funkmaster Flex and a, an incredible DJ from the UK called DJ Swing, who we lost uh, a while back, sadly, but an amazing DJ. So my style was based on those two guys. And I just wanted to be a tiny bit more technical if I could, just to show people I can I can crab or I can flare or whatever, but I never got too much into it. Um, also, one of your colleagues, DJ Blakey, him and I have a long history uh, about working together. I don't know if you ever know about this, but you know, we uh, we kind of did a few things together and he actually used one of my records in his DMC uh, final. Oh, no Jada way. Kiss, the champ is it, yeah. And he still got it, I want it back. So Blakey, I'm telling you, I want my record back. <laughs> It's funny um, because when we were talking about having, having you uh, as a guest, I was talking to Blakey yeah. about it. You know, I said, oh, we should really have uh, Complexion on the show. And he's like, mm. oh, you got to ask him if he remembers meeting <laughs> me for the first time at our local youth club. Um, yeah, this like, was, yeah, that was it. So <laughs> <laughs> he said Complexion, Complexion was the first DJ I ever saw scratching live and it made me go away and practice for years. And then he Yeah, so MC. it was a local a local youth club called Heatham House. Um, great place. They had like um, uh, skateboard ramps there and everything. And they were the first place that had turntables in a coffin, like a steel coffin. So I never had turntables. So the only time I would practice was imagine, I'd buy a record. This is true, honest to God, truthness. I used to work at McDonald's. I got paid 75 pounds every two weeks. 50 pounds would go on records, 20 pound would go on gas, and five pound would go on phone credit. And that was my routine. And I'd go to the club, oh, sorry, the record store. I'd buy the record and I'd hear it then. And then I could never hear it again until I got to the club. And that was it. It's because I never had turntables. So I couldn't practice. So I just practice in my head. Genuinely, that's what I would do. I'd sit there and be like, okay, if I do this or it sounds like this, I can do that, hopefully. Um, and then I'd go to this youth club to practice. And Blakey was there. And at the time, Blakey was a garage DJ. And then I was, I think I was cutting up um, Pharaoh Munch, Simon Says. I was like, you know, get the fuck, fuck, fuck up, something like that. I was doing something like that. And then Blakey was like, yo, what is this? And this is why I really admire Blakey, but a part of me is extremely jealous and I hate him because he, <laughs> he saw me scratching and DJing, right? He went and got a thousand times better than me and like one DMC and done all this really crazy stuff. And I'm like, uh, Blakey, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you're embarrassing me. <laughs> But it was great. Like no one deserves it more because as you know, as you probably know, working with him, I one thing I love about Blakey when he puts his mind to something, he just does it and does it so well. You know, and even now when he does his his routines. I know he doesn't do as much anymore. It's so smooth. It's the it's amazing. Oh yeah. Um. In fact, yeah. I've told Blakey this many times, but he did a he did a product demo for a, a controller that Serato worked uh, worked on a long time ago with Novation called the Novation Twitch. And okay. co coincidentally, this this was before. This is quite early on um, in the controller world, and it didn't have any turn. It didn't have any turntables or platters, so he was just doing right. this routine, chopping up acapellas and doing stuff with no platters. But it was still like the same creativity, same concept of it, of that. This is yeah, this is it. And I think um, for me, in terms of the way I DJ now, um, there was definitely a, a long time where I was pretty much running on autopilot, 
and I'm sure we'll, t- we'll talk about this in a second now that things are opening up, we're going back to clubs and how the effect of quarantine has had on us. But for the longest time, um, I just went to autopilot and I forgot how I used to be. Like, I remember Blakey can tell me, tell you the story as well. We used to do things where we'd get the platters on turntables, lift them up, flip them upside down and play the record backwards and try to make sounds and things because that's how we our brains work. We were like, we want to figure out cool stuff to do so we can show our friends like, hey, look what I'm doing. Um, and then we kind of, well, I lost it at one point and I was just playing just music in clubs and just wanting to get paid. Um, so fast forward just slightly, now that we are going back to clubs, um, the one thing quarantine in the last year and a half has taught me is I don't want to go back to what I was doing before. I want to pick and choose my gigs and I want to focus on what I want to do. And admittedly, I am very lucky in the sense that I make some money from Twitch, BBC, um, other things, you know, which affords me the opportunity to do that. But I really don't want to say yes to every single gig now just so I can get paid and make a living. I would like to now focus on things that make me happy and keep my creativity uh, at, at high. I mean, uh, you've probably seen on my Twitch channels when we used to do uh, Friday night shows, we used to call it uh, Make It Rain. And when people would <laughs> donate a certain amount of money, we'd have like Thanos who would come onto screen and start twerking. Oh, yeah. or we have Spider-Man or something. You know, it was these little things that sound really silly, but it was so fun. And I remembered this is why I DJ or doing things like the sample shows. You know, we'd this is long before it got huge on TikTok. We'd, you know, play tracks and remake like a Kanye song from the samples or another song. And it was just creativity. And I felt like when I was doing weekly gigs, I completely lost that sense of being creative. Um, And uh, watching a lot of other DJs, people like Blakey, like yourself, you know, I I love, genuinely love your stream. It's something that I listen to when I'm able to. And I love where you go musically. Same with Matthias, you know, psychology department. Stank Palmer's another great DJ. You know, there's so many- Palmer's in the chat too. He's standing in the chat. Oh, I didn't even see his name in the chat. See, there we go. See, I wasn't even faking it that time. <laughs> but there's so many great DJs. And also the other thing, I'm going to be totally going down on a tangent now, but there's DJs that have started DJing in lockdown. And to see how they approach certain things is amazing. Like uh, Thick Duvet, he's now, he's now DJing. He wasn't a DJ before. And he's playing city pop and ratchet kind of wet Bay Area hip hop. And I love how his brain approaches things because he's not thinking like me because i've had 15 to 20 years of thinking like a dj so i approach it a certain way he's coming completely left and doing his own thing and it's so inspiring and i love it you know i don't know if you feel the same way coming out of uh quarantine oh absolutely and it's you know what it's it's actually really reassuring hearing you saying that you're going to continue i know that there's been some kind of like discussions on you know various social media like oh now that you know pandemic is kind of uh, you know, kind of coming to an end and, and clubs are opening up, who's going to do it? And, I, and I'm just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, this one thing we've learned. Yeah, <laughs> this is too good. Like, why would you stop? Yeah. Why would you want to stop? Exactly. And um, for me, a lot of people didn't realize. So I've been doing the Future Beat Show for seven going on eight years now. And up until I got my first sub, I have never been paid for doing the Future Beat Show. I, I used to broadcast from a local community radio station completely for free um and yeah and that was it and people couldn't believe that they were like what do you mean we thought this was your full-time hustle i'm like no no not at all i do this because i love playing this music and i enjoy it and now that we're able to make some money from what we do and just support each other in different ways and also we have another avenue of being creative you know with our effects on screen and other ideas why would we want to stop that it doesn't make any sense at all 
Yeah, and and it's it's interesting. JMKM, who is also in the chat now as well. Um, oh, she, shout out to Jay. Yeah, big up JMKM with her gems, JM gems. Um, she did a, <laughs> a workshop with us just recently for uh, with BeatSource, and Amazing. one of the great things that she talked a lot about was you know when you get into doing streaming or wh- whatever social media you you know you decide is going to be your you know your thing, but definitely with music, um, you know you you can make money, but but money isn't necessarily the shouldn't shouldn't be the focus no uh, it shouldn't be the driving thing i feel like that comes you know like for me again i know i'm probably coming from a bit of a privileged background because i have been doing the club thing for a while so tfbs was a, a hobby which has now become something i really want to focus on um but i know not everyone thinks that well or can have that luxury but i would 100 percent say if you do something because you love it everything else will come there's no no doubt about it whatsoever. It will come. But but speaking on you know what you do with TFBS and then you know being a club DJ, can you talk about like when people come when, when people know you for the Future Beats show and then you know you go and play a club and you you know you're advertising you're playing at a club do and people expect do people expect you to play that or do you play the music that you play on the TFBS? at the club um no not really because you can't really play some of it in clubs because it's it's too chill or whatever it is but i it's hard for me to find a balance and that's what i've tried to do um again the problem i have is some of the stuff that i can probably play on tfbs copyright issues get in the way so uh, like something like chance the rapper i can't really play like some of his stuff i probably would play or karang bin or heights you know hiatus coyote there's a few things i could probably play in club settings and on stream but i can't play on soundcloud because i'd get in trouble so what i do is i have two different sides of me in the sense that i have the club side and i have the future beat side if you've seen any of my border rooms um you've seen that i can do the club thing you know that I, I i can do that like the really heavy hard club stuff um but it's difficult to do the future beat show in a club setting um unless it's advertised as a you just sit down chill relax kind of listen to some good music and you know relax kind of thing so if people want to come see me i will tell them in advance it's going to be a club thing or it's going to be this kind of thing what would be the what would be the ideal environment for taking the future beats show like where would what how would you describe i mean apart from space like <laughs> okay yeah yeah um, um so i'm working on a few things um hopefully new york in september um uh, we've got some really cool things lined up we've got some venues in, in mind and we want to do it in a way where it's just like twitch but in real life if that makes sense i just want to have people around there being able to drink tea eat food and just connect with each other and just have a good time and just enjoy good music you know music that's just good good for the soul if that makes sense um that's what i'd like to do um location wise yeah there's a few really dope spots but for me i i just always think on a rooftop somewhere watching the sunset would be amazing and we were doing that we were doing sunset streams on twitch i don't know if you remember seeing any of those i just put my webcam outside my window and i'd soundtrack the sun coming down and it was amazing yeah that's a great idea i i didn't catch one of those i'd like i, I want to ch- i want to check one of those i'm a big fan of sunsets long walks on the beach and uh, oh, dogs that's it dude 100 dude 100 percent. that's it yeah you know that's, that's a great are you just reading off your tinder profile <laughs> <laughs> um but no completely this is uh something I, I well the thing i love about twitch is in in my head whenever i do the show i've always had these kind of graphics in my head the, vi- the visuals that i have 
And I could never portray that because I was always on radio. And now that I'm on Twitch, this is why the graphics are so on point because that's genuinely what I see in my head when I listen to this music. So I can kind of, what's he saying? <laughs> um, this is why I um, love having visuals and I spend money on good visuals. We make visuals to complement the music because I really want to go down a flying Lotus kind of path now. Mm. Yeah. Where, you know, it's, it's it's the visuals, the effects, but also like imagine giving out tea to people, you know, or something else and being like, hey, have this and listen to the music and watch this. That's what you want to do next. That's the oh, thing. Oh, man. Big up, big up Flying Lotus and the Brain oh, Freedom crew. Holy, what a good 100%. Point. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, so for me, that's something I've always wanted to do. And Twitch has shown me that we can do this. Um, and it will happen. No doubt about it. 100%. Um, and since we're talking about tea, there's a lot of tea in the chat. Uh, this is TFBS chat now. Um, <laughs> we have to get uh, Complexion's favorite type of tea. We've got... Oh, easy. Jasmine. Jasmine. Okay. Jasmine Jasmine green tea. I'm a fan of any floral tea. It's amazing. I also am a big fan of a smoky Earl Grey, but no milk and a slice of lemon. That's it. You're good. That's it. Okay, so top, nice and if, easy. If we're doing top five teas, what's in your top five tea list? Top five tea. Oh my days! You're making me five. <laughs> um, ooh. Okay, so number one is gonna 100% be jasmine green tea, as I've said. Um, number two would be like a really smoky Earl Grey. Like I said, no milk, slice of lemon. Number three would be a good solid, what we call um, builder's tea, which is just like a strong tea with milk. You know, just love it it's the best uh number four would be a nice iced tea with lemon mm. um number five i'd probably say i can't even think of five teas mao feng green tea which if you've ever had it before it tastes a little bit like popcorn when you're oh, sipping yeah. and it's really nice so those are my i can't believe i thought of five just like that off the top of my head as well you're a real tea fan <laughs> wait but dude, I can't forget, man. Forget all of that for a second. It's got to be good old, what we say, desi tea, as in chai. Like, you know, I'm I'm Pakistani, of course. So we have to have you know, chai from, from my homeland. Like 100%. That has to be number one. That and a really stupidly, ridiculously hot curry is the best combination, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other five I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got six. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Just of Just like that as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan. My, my, uh, my girlfriend put me on to the tea game. Um, I was, you know, okay. pretty, pretty basic uh, tea guide, you know, English <laughs> breakfast. But yeah, she she tur she turned me on to the the Earl Grey, and I'm definitely with you on the no milk with the Earl Grey. It's uh, yeah, right. When I order it in a restaurant and people give me milk, I look at them in disgust. I'm like, come on, my dude, like you know, Let's what are you doing? Who flavor. has a citrus tea? Yeah, who does that? And, but for me, the reason I just like tea is it's more the process of making the tea is what I really like. So for me, it was a break and I have a, a smart kettle downstairs so it, you can set the temperature um, so you don't burn the tea leaves, which is really important. You can get to brew the tea at the right temperature for the right time. And in that moment, there's three to five minutes. It's just a moment of quiet reflection, meditation or whatever. So that's really important to me, um, doing that. I don't do it as much anymore, but yeah, that's why I really like tea for sure. Absolutely. And, and not burning the leaves. That's like a real pro tip. I didn't know about this because go. for the longest time I didn't like green tea. I couldn't understand what why, why, what was green tea. It was always so bitter. But once I figured out that the technique is to not burn the leaves, to pour the water, the boiling water into a, a glass or a cup before putting yep. it onto and the then, tea, we'll take it off yep. boiling point. That was the pro tip. 
Yeah, or with a kettle, just turn it off before it reaches boiling point. That's, a good that, one. that's another good one. Yeah, that's a good one as well. So yeah, no, I could talk about this forever. So like, yeah, for sure. Hey, you know, this it's it's part of it. You know, it's part of the culture. You know, what we're, we're talking about tea, TFBS, um, TFBS. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're kind of coming to the end of the interview here. So and I have to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests that are on the Serato Inscripted show, and. Um, mm-hmm. The question is, what does the power of music mean to you? Oh, man, it's such a good question. And it's uh, I don't even know how to answer it without me messaging you after the stream is over and saying, no, actually, Matt, this is what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> because there's so much to say. But um, here's what I'll say. If it wasn't for music, you and I wouldn't be here talking to each other. And even the path that it's taken us to get here all these incredible people that I've met, relationships I've had, um, just everything is because of music. I genuinely own music so much in terms of, you know, I'm making money from it now as well. You know, it's it's a, it's it's my life and I can't imagine not doing something with music. Um, it sounds really corny when people say they love music, but I genuinely love music. Nothing moves me like music does. Uh, you know, even things like Goosebumps, music's made me cry. Um, for people that do know about my history, I don't know if you know about this, Matt, but I actually started DJing to impress a girl in high school. Wow. That that genuinely was the reason, yeah. Because, um, I again, we have a friend in the chat, a guy called Belly B, who knows this story, actually. Um, again, like I said, I was a super geek in school. Um, this girl wasn't interested. She told me her um, cousin was a DJ and how amazing it must be and how cool it must be to be a DJ. I was like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> and genuinely, that's it. Um, so music has done all of that for me, you know. So, yeah, um, I can't give you an answer, which I'll be happy with, but just know that everything good in my life is because of music. Hey, that's that's a good that's a good answer to me. I mean, I think uh, that sums it up, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it can sound a bit cliche when people say that, but I genuinely mean it though. Like it, it, it's everything to me, you know, it, it really is, you know, the excitement of a new song coming out, um, you know, spending most of my hard earned money for McDonald's on vinyl or, you know, tracking down songs or when you find out the name of a song you've been after or when you first hear a song, which you know, you're going to play over and over again. Nothing beats that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that it kind of, uh, sits somewhere between what we'd think is magic and you know we can't really articulate it that's the kind of the coolest thing about it is that there's really it's really hard to articulate how powerful music is right it is um there's a quote um which i'm going to totally butcher so forgive me but it's something like when when words fail music speaks i'm into that that, that works for me yeah like i'm, I'm sure I've, I've probably got it wrong but yeah th- that's how i feel and also Matt, this is the best thing, right? The only other thing that this has worked with is emojis. But imagine I've been very lucky to travel around the world and I've met people who listen to my show that don't speak English. We communicate over music. Yeah. We share music and we don't have to talk the same language. You know, I'm, the only other way we communicate is with emotes, <laughs> you know. Um, but otherwise, yeah, music is the way we communicate. And how incredible is that? That someone who's from a completely different part of the world does something completely different to me, different background, speaks a completely different language, but we can connect on music. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It really fits. It really, it, yeah, it brings it together, right? It, it, it fills yeah. in, like you said, where, where language doesn't quite, you know, can't make up for it. So, yeah. This is it. Yeah. That's it. So, um, 
we've got we've got people in the in the in the chat if you guys want to ask some questions now's the time to uh type the questions in and for complexion we can we can answer questions but um before we do that uh i have a question for you um which is yeah. what i want to know what's coming up next for complexion i want i want people to know all about what you got coming up obviously you got future wave but what else is, yes. is coming up so, for um for complexion so um future wave uh we've got um another i think 11 episodes and then uh hopefully some cool things to announce uh fingers crossed with the bbc um we also are doing some really cool stuff with um another uh how can i say this another daw company who i'm not going to speak about here <laughs> but uh we're doing something cool with them which we're going to be able to announce real soon um and uh we have new merch dropping we have some really cool things. I'm very lucky to have a really good team around me and people that not only believe in the project of TFBS, but also me as a person. Um, shout out to Mensa, shout out to Kalo, you know, shout out to Sonia for being incredible. Um, there's so many people around me that support and will help me reach further and do more things, you know. Um, if you're unfamiliar, uh, once I was meant to write the Future Beat show, I forgot the B and I wrote the Future Eats show. Now the Future Eats show has actually become a thing where we're going to be soundtracking cooking shows and we've got some really cool stuff happening with that, um, which I'm super excited about. Um, and yeah, we've, we've got we've got some ideas. And again, one thing that Twitch has taught me over the last year is um, don't overthink ideas. I'm, I don't know if you're the same, Matt, but I have a tendency to overthink everything and make it perfect. Um, and then sometimes to the point when I won't even release the project or announce the project because it's not perfect. Now, any idea, just go for it and do it. The worst that's going to happen is going to fail. You move on to the next thing. That's it's absolutely true. I, I know what you mean. Being a perfectionist has its uh, its downsides, and that's definitely one of them. And and you yeah. get better the more you do things. You you get better at letting go of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, one of my friends, uh, we he's a musician, and we always talk about the anxiety that putting out music brings you know every week as much as people might think that i can do tfbs very easily every sunday night i'm super stressed and i want to make it as perfect as possible i'm i'm you know doing my links in the mirror i'm looking at myself and doing the links again and everything else and uh it's it, it, it can be stressful and as time goes on that will become easier for sure even though i'm kind of 283 episodes in <laughs> i don't know when it will become easier but i also think maybe that's excitement because it's nerves but nerves exist for a reason right like it's i i try to look at nerves as an exciting thing not something that will hold me back it's something it means i really care about this thing yeah exactly i i, I really subscribe to that um that's awesome um i have a, i do have a question from stank palmer um the question is oh here we go what is the Future Beats show's sports allegiances, uh, which is a topical? Oh, no, the Supersonics, without a doubt, the Seattle Supersonics, the greatest NBA team of all time, which doesn't sadly exist anymore, 100%. Um, although for the NBA finals, I am Suns all the way. Um, I'm hoping Suns in four. Um, and when it comes to football teams, or sorry, soccer teams, uh, I'm a Londoner, so I feel like if you're from London, you should support a London team. So Arsenal, without a doubt. Um, and I think those are, yeah, that's, that's the only kind of sports I really follow. Also, shout out to England on Sunday, man. Let's do yeah. this thing. It's coming home. It's coming home, bruv. <laughs> that was, I, was, I'm, I was actually going to start off the, the interview with saying, you know, congratulations, England. We actually had an event planned yesterday. We had to, we had to cancel it because uh, <laughs> it's a big deal. England is in the finals. 
England's in the finals, man. This is it. Yeah, the, I think it's the first time in my lifetime they're in the finals. If I'm being honest, I think they're going to get their asses kicked by Italy, if I'm being honest. But you got to have hope. Oh, yeah. There's always the underdog story. Of course. And I think this team is, without a doubt, one of the best teams. Um, I think they're the most balanced team they've had in a while. But here's the thing, Matt, right? I actually don't know anything about football. Anything I say is just sound bites I've ever read online or I've heard from other people. So I don't actually know anything about hey, You're in good company. I, I have no clue. You, you know, I, 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 I don't even know any current football players. Ronaldo, he's one of them, right? Dude, I'm the same. I still think David Seaman plays for Arsenal. He's, he's an old goalie from the 90s. Like, I have no idea. But the thing is, is I always tell my sports friends to tell me little things that I can bring up. Because whenever I'm in a meeting or I go out somewhere, um, football always comes up. And it's kind of like, as a guy, you're supposed to know about football, right? You're supposed to know something, you know? So I just kind of sneak in, say a little something, and I step back out again. Um, I actually DJed once in Manchester. And um, after my set, I was sitting and uh, talking to a couple of guys and just making jokes and just saying, like, so what do you guys do? And they started laughing, you know? I was like, okay, seriously, what do you guys do? And they just kept laughing. And it's only afterwards I realized it was the Manchester City team who had come out. But obviously, I have no idea about football teams, so I didn't know it was them. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, um, yeah, on that note, on that high note, <laughs> I think we should wrap it up. Um, but before we go, is there any is there any last songs that you'd like me to play that um, that we can exit? Oh, music? man. That's a really good question. Okay, I'll tell you what, how about this? Why don't we hear one of yours? Oh, no, 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 no. We have to. No, no, I want to hear something. No, I want to hear something from you. Why not? Uh, Why? It's my choice. Okay, Matt, yeah, on. true, true. I can't, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, is there any song of mine that you'd like me to play? Here's the thing. If you were going to send me something for TFBS, what would you send me? Oh, shoot. Now you really put me on the spot. See, there's a good one. And while you're searching for it, let's just say thank you to everyone in the chat. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for not only checking out uh, Serato stream, also checking out TFBS. But most importantly, um, make sure you check out uh, Cut Corner stream. It's a great stream. If you like what I do, He's the guy I go to to discover new music. Same with Matthias, same with Stank Palmer. Shout out to these guys. Um, and honestly, DJs like myself and Matt, we appreciate you guys taking time to listen to our streams, to support us with subbing and everything else. Because genuinely, if it wasn't for people like yourselves, I don't know what we'd be doing in quarantine, right? We'd just be stuck, lost, kind of DJing to no one. Thank you so much, uh, Complexion. And I have found a song um, that I will play. Amazing. It's uh, it's actually unreleased, so yeah, this I will send this to you. Um, oh, okay, is, great, amazing. This is um, this is my higher remix for uh, Big Jacks and Angela Apigo, which is their new album is out now. So, thank you for giving nice. me this opportunity, Complexion. I wanna, I'll run that tune right now. Um, yes, yeah, an exclusive. Let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> See you guys uh, on the Future Beats Show chat or uh, on my channel at some point. Have a great day, everybody.
sofa's waiting for